Well, really, I'm focused uh, mostly on good growth capital right now, as you mentioned. And we're a three-year-old VC firm. We've invested two funds. We're raising our third, over 30 companies in the portfolio and, and having a lot of fun doing it. Welcome everybody back to the strategy show. I'm your host, Simon Severino. Today with us, the co-founder of Harbor Entrepreneur Center, managing partner of Good Growth Capital, currently raising 100 million target VC fund to invest in early stage tech companies. Welcome everybody, John Osborne. Hello, good to be here. So cool to have you here because we will explore with you how to build your brand, how to build your team, and how to know your numbers. And this is so important right now. So, John, what are you currently creating? Well, really, I'm focused uh, mostly on good growth capital right now, as you mentioned. And we're a three-year-old VC firm. We've invested two funds. We're raising our third, over 30 companies in the portfolio and, and having a lot of fun doing it. But um, yeah, it's it's a great time to be in uh, a different asset class and early stage tech and um, private equity is is a great spot to be right now. We're we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> and let's go to your very first CEO tip: build your brand. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, as you mentioned, the 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 three. So building your brand, I think. You know, every CEO has to be that ambassador and leader and out there, you know, as an evangelist for, you know, the mission of the company and what they're doing and what they stand for. And, you know, whether it's uh, a podcast, whether it is a coffee meeting, whether it's dinner conversation, whatever it is, I mean, just a, you know, unequivocal um evangelists for for what they're doing and what they believe in and so that they're just telling their story over and over and over again to build that brand in in every circle that they find themselves in your second tip is about the team so we have the brand now why do we need a team yeah i mean i i'm a firm believer that you know you you can't go very far by yourself and really surrounding yourself with um, the right people and that includes you know actual staff that are employees employees of what you're doing but also who your advisors are who your contract service providers are you know to me the team is not simply who you're who's on the payroll but it truly is who's around your life who's around your company that you're either paying for or engaged with or seeking counsel from and to, to constantly be building the the best team possible. Um, you know, we we at Good Growth have been super fortunate to to build a really robust team of advisors and venture partners around the fund that help us with due diligence and sourcing of companies. And they're not on the payroll, but they're they're really really valuable um, brains and expertise and experiences as we evaluate which companies we're going to ultimately invest in. I like it to see the team, not just the people in the core, but suppliers and sources. And how do you make the, the stickiness so that it that doesn't become a loose network? What is, what is holding you together and how do you manage that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly depends on how critical they are to your day-to-day -day activities and, and therefore how, um, you know, sticky that engagement needs to be versus someone that there's just a relationship there that on an ad hoc basis, when you know you need that particular piece of advice or troubleshooting of an issue or service that you know who to call on that you can be confident that you're getting the right either advice or delivery of their their service and you know sometimes those might be every day every month activities and sometimes they may be uh once in a career activities and um you know i remember vividly um, one of the companies that was in the accelerator program was coming up on an exit and really you know the acquiring company was a large company and this was a one-person show and he was like you know how do i negotiate the best possible outcome for for the sale and you know i put him with a really really good law firm that you know could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the the corporate counsel and um he is eternally grateful for that because they really went to bat for him and, and made it a good outcome so Someone like that you don't need every day, but knew exactly who to go to, to to get it done. What is currently harder for you, to raise the 100 million or to find good startups to invest in? Yeah, for us right now, it is raising the 100 million. And, you know, mostly that's driven by we're, we're now in the institutional fundraising world, not raising from friends and family anymore. And, you know, we're still, even though we've got a, great track record and all the partners have, you know, experience prior to us coming together. We're still a three-year-old firm. And for a lot of these institutional investors, they like to see a longer track record um, before committing, you know, 10 million, 15, 20 million into a fund. Um, that being said, we're, we're still confident we will get there. It's just taken us a little while to get through all the diligence. Yeah, so how, how do you show that they should invest in your fund versus others? You know, there's there's definitely the money out there. It's just finding who's a good fit for it. You know, we, we check a couple of boxes for institutional money that they're looking to allocate for, emerging managers being one. I mean, several have buckets that are specifically for emerging managers. We just got to sort through, you know, the, the couple hundred on the prospect list to see who has an emerging managers program. You want to make your sales more repeatable and reliable? Do you want to have less volatility and more growth in your revenue per month? At Strategy Sprints, we do only one thing, strategy and sprints. Strategy means having more revenue through a better offer. And sprints means having more energy in your team every week. Check out if your ROI is as high as it is for most service-based and online businesses and startups we work with which is over 100%. You can see it in just 15 minutes by going to strategiesprints.com slash sales and completing our online exercise to know what your ROI would be with our accelerator program. We are ready to sprint. Are you? Um, we are also a majority women-owned fund. I have three women partners and several of if you follow venture at all, you'll see the narrative around the uh, getting more women into VC. And, 
you know, so some institutions have a emerging manager for women fund. And so we're, we're just sorting through those. So it's really just a matter of who's the right fit. We know the money's out there that wants what we're doing. We just got to sort through all the noise to find it. Before we go to knowing your numbers, we pass through the award. If you could only pick one person when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging. But from your perspective, they're doing the right thing. Who is this person? Ooh, I mean, when you when you tee it up that way, the first person that comes to mind is um, actually my co-founder of the Harbor, Patrick Bryant. Um, you know, he he always seems to read the market really, really well and have an understanding of how to be two steps ahead. And um, so, uh, I, I would say less of a zig and versus a zag, but more of a you don't know you're going to zig yet, but he's going to make sure he's there when you do, and he's really, really good at that. What numbers should we always have on top of our mind? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of narratives, and I'm sure some people on the, the show have talked about KPIs, but for me, knowing your numbers is really an understanding of what your cash flow looks like, what your balance sheet is, and you know, how, how long your runway is. I, I can't emphasize enough that to the, especially the companies that we're investing in or looking to invest in as we, you know, guide them. They just have to know where they're at revenue-wise. They have to know what their burn is. They have to know how much longer they have before they either need a next tranche of capital, and and where the money is going out the door. Because if if they're not managing that well and they're not on top of it, even at the highest level, they they we see all too often that they raise the white flag when there's a month left and had you raised that six months ago, we might have had time to course correct and slow the burn and figure out how to raise the additional capital. But when you when you raise it right at the very end, then it's too it's too late. So, you know, for me, it's just all about understanding how much runway you have, where the cash is going, where where the outflows are, what's critical in order to ensure that you're going to keep the company going. How early stage are the tech companies that start with you? So we we have several that are pre-revenue. Um, you know, we one of our funds, the Infinite Quarter Fund, is specific for emerging technologies and out of MIT. Um, and some of those investments are literally to fund the patent work. So we'll we'll play really really early in that pre-seed stage out of that fund. In our general fund, we're more of a seed or Series A. So if it's a device that needs regulatory approval will often invest before FDA approval, before design freeze, and, and get in there um, with an understanding of how that company gets to market. Uh, if it's software, you know, we'll oftentimes, if we think the technology is extremely compelling and we know what the use case might be, we want to get in there early and hold our position. Um, you know, there's lots of funds that will invest once a company gets a million in revenue and you know there's there's fund after fund after fund out there that is looking for that you know we we want to be in early and already have a secure position and help them get to that point um you know all five of our managing partners have been operators we've all started companies we've all made a payroll so we understand what it means to build something which we think makes us really good early stage investors 
How did the pandemic impact your tech surroundings? Yeah, you know, as sad as um, this is for a lot of people, you know, for several of our portfolio companies, this really has been um, a good market shift for them. You know, one comes to mind specifically that we invested in was a remote um, respiratory monitoring device that was in a pilot phase um, when COVID hit. And as soon as it hit, the pilot um, sites that were using it bought out all their inventory. And we we put another investment in just to fulfill um, additional orders. And then they got their FDA compassionate use clearance that day. So it has really fast-tracked and accelerated that company. Um, you know, some of the others, one comes to mind is a company called Rios, which makes floating sunglasses. They're amazing. And um, they had about 300,000 of orders halt um, right when COVID hit from retailers, but they've more than made up for it in direct online sales. So, you know, the market opportunity, when it shifts, it, it does create opportunity for some. It, it doesn't have to be a death sentence. Um, and the, the types of things that we are investing in, those technologies, we, you know, we do think about that on the front end. If they have to sell in a market five to seven years from now, we don't know what that market dynamic is going to be. And so are they still going to be attractive at that time? Are they doing something so meaningful for their customers that, they, um, that they're going to weather the storm? And by and large, most really have. And so it's, it's gone well for us. What business books inspired you recently? So I, um, we hosted interns over the summer and I had all of them read Venture Deals um, by Brad Feld, which um, is a great, I call it a 201 level kind of book for the venture community. And, um, you know, I think they do a really nice job of, of going through the terms and what to, what to look for when doing a venture investment. Um, so I, I'm a big, big advocate of venture deals. And on a personal level, which book touched you? You know, the one that comes to mind uh, recently is The Alchemist. Um, and I don't know if that's come up before, but really enjoyed that, that story and um, made me evaluate, you know, how I think about things uh, upon occasion. So really enjoyed that one recently. What did you recently change your mind about? Oh, I, I think just perspective on, um, you know, life. I, I've been through a lot personally, and I'm sure everyone has, and we all have our journeys. And, you know, just the, the attitude about um, going forward and day to day. And I have three children. And so thinking about being the, the kind of father that um, I can be proud of for all three of those, um, those my kids. and. Um, so it's just being the best you can um, and waking up every day and knowing also you're not perfect, but you've got another opportunity to, to do your best. How did the pandemic impact your being father? <laughs> um, I got a lot more time with my kids because I was a homeschooled dad, you know, half the time. So, you know, at that time, certainly if we would have done this in, April, you'd see a couple of them, you know, chirping in the background, um, also helping them get on their Zoom classroom and, um, 
you know, thankful for all the teachers out there because being a homeschool teacher for a little while, it, uh, it's not my calling. That's for sure. So I, uh, but the, you know, the ability to really spend a lot of quality time with them, um, was, was a blessing. Who should be my next guest? I, I want to nominate Jake um, Burton, actually from Rios, um, who weathered the storm that I mentioned, and I would love to have um, Jake be on the show. Thank you so much, John, for being on the show and sharing all your knowledge and wisdom with us. Come back soon. Will do. Thanks for having me. We all know that working in sprints is better, but how do we know what we should work on? You're in luck because we have a 15-minute exercise that will give you complete clarity on where to take your project next. Go to strategysprints.com sales to complete our short exercise and meet one-on-one -on -one with an expert sprint coach to identify your number one bottleneck. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Strategy Show. Make sure to like this video below and subscribe so that you can stay up to date with every episode of The Strategy Show. Get daily CEO tips from CEOs for CEOs.